the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode's going to be a review of the Bengals-Ravens game. Tom McLevy's going to stop in for another McLevy minute. Sands is going to come by to discuss the Jaguars game and the upcoming Ravens game. And we're also going to bring in a special guest, Schefter Jr. from Instagram, who is a guy who just keeps breaking football news. He analyzes the whole NFL, and he happens to be a Ravens expert as well. Todd Pennington with Columbus-based Revolution Mortgage is the proud sponsor of the unofficial Bengals podcast. If you're looking to refinance into a very competitive low rate or cash out for debt consolidation or home improvements, now is the time with historically low rates. Todd should also be your go-to guy if you're looking to purchase a new home or get out of renting. So contact Todd Pennington at 614-390-9520 or visit revolutionmortgage.com slash tpennington for more info. Revolution Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 1686046. The unofficial Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 5 Preview, Cincinnati Bengals at Baltimore Ravens. Bengals win the toss, we take the ball, come right out with five wides. First down, we do a sweep to Mixon with a couple wide receivers blocking, get him out on the perimeter, see what happens out there. Start cracking on those corners, let him know it's going to be a physical game. Second play, right back to five wides again. Mixon motions into the backfield now, power run right up the middle, let's try to make it a third and short. Third down comes up, five wide receivers again. And Mr. Burrow plays point guard, hits the open man. First down, here we come, Ravens. All right, let's go over some current Bengals headlines. Joe Mixon, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Congratulations, man, well-deserved. Three touchdowns, a ton of yards, really changed the game for us in that second half. If this continues, we're going to be stacking up wins. Another big thing that's happening this week is announcing that Dunlap isn't starting. Now, I looked at it two ways. When I first heard it, I was like, ah, you know what, just start him. I mean, what's the harm? You, you let him play the first play or two, and then you bring in Lawson, and then Lawson gets more time in the rest of the game. It's not like it really makes a difference who starts. It's more of just like an honor thing or, you know, you got to start credited to your record. But, you know, I'm always looking at the players' minds and, and their esteem, and it's I almost think it's going to be a demotivator for Carlos Dunlap. Maybe they're trying to motivate him and saying, hey, you know what, step it up or you're not starting. But it's just a, it's a minor thing to hold over a veteran player, and I hope it doesn't backfire on us. Either way, he's going to get a ton of snaps this week. So, Carlos, go get him, man. Another interesting thing of this week was Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco meeting up with Higgins and Burrow. That was pretty cool. And, you know, Ocho Cinco's a Bengal for life. And Carson said all the right things, so I know a lot of people hate on him, and I was pretty mad at him for a while, too. But he seemed pretty excited about Joe Burrow. He said some nice things about the Cincinnati fans, so it was a pretty cool thing to see. All right, let's quickly move on to the injuries. So Jonah Williams surfaced on the injury report. I don't know the severity, but I'm sure he's playing this week. They're saying that Geno Atkins is getting closer and closer, and if he is even 80% and wants to give it a go, this is the week we need you, Geno. they got a big-time running game, so hopefully you're healthy enough to play this week. That would really help. Logan Wilson, you know how I feel about those concussions. Don't rush back. I mean, if... I know they're saying he might play this week, but I'd rather see him sit another week. And Mackenzie Alexander wants to pile up on this good year that he's having, but he does have a couple ailments going on, so his status is questionable. 
he's a big factor. But again, this game isn't going to be a game where the wide receivers are going to be the main focus. So if he's going to miss another game, and maybe that's a wise idea for his health because he's showing that he's going to be a big-time player for us this year. Ravens have a bunch of players appearing on the injury report. I think I counted 12 when I looked at it the other day. Obviously headed by Lamar Jackson. They're saying he missed two practices in a row with a knee injury. He's playing. Don't don't let anybody fool you. He's playing. But if he's not 100%, that could only benefit the Bengals. I know Peters is banged up on the outside on defense. Even uh, Hollywood Brown is a little banged up. Jimmy Smith, Ronnie Stanley missed last game. He's supposed to play this game. So they have some key players that are hurt. So these injuries might factor in. We may be hitting Baltimore at the right time. All right. What are my concerns for this game? I mean, you know the number one concern for us is... To protect Burrow, yes. And these guys have a great defensive line. Judon is an excellent pass rusher. So there's going to be some problems. We're going to have to really be on our game like we were last game. But this team has a better front than the Jaguars, obviously. So that's mission one is protect Burrow. Because we know good things will happen if we do that. And create some lanes for Mixon. No matter how you have to do it, just like last game... Last game, we were going to the outside. We were doing sweeps when we had to. So let's bring him in motion. Let's give that five-receiver look and then bring him in the backfield, mix it up, get him the ball in space in the passing game. So those are the keys. But, I mean, let's try to get some push up front for Mixon. And then I'm a little concerned about their secondary. It's it's a really good one. I mean, with Humphrey and Peters, uh, Chuck Clark is having a good year. I know they have Jimmy Smith in the rotation. It, it just seems like they have a, a bunch of corners and safeties that you heard of, you know. So I don't know if it's going to be a game that we're going to be hitting the wide receivers like crazy. I think the passing is going to be more on the inside. Maybe some tight end work, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. And then, you know, we'll see. We'll see how Higgins and, and Green beat these guys. I'm sure they're going to win their share of plays as well. When we're on defense, obviously, it's Lamar Jackson running. We have to keep contained. He's going to make quick decisions. He's otherworldly in athletic ability. And then that three-headed monster they have at running back is going to be really tough, too. You know, just when you think you have Ingram stopped, they bring in another guy that's just as good is going to just keep pounding with that offensive line. The Ravens just have good line play on both sides of the ball. No matter who they seem to rotate in, guys that you heard of, guys that you didn't hear of, they're always very stout up front. And I'll tell you, I'm a Mark Andrews fan. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of any Raven, let's be real. But I think he's a, a really good player, and I think he's going to do his damage this week if we don't find a way to contain him. Moving on to special teams... And I want to bring up special teams because it's important in this game because Harbaugh is a special teams maven, you know, and him and Darren Simmons have been going head-to-head for years. But they have the ace in the hole with Tucker. The problem is when you play the Ravens and they're driving late, whether it's in the half or the end of the game or, or really any time, you just know that this guy can pop a 55-yarder. It's, it's a, a high percentage that he's going to hit it. So it's unlike other teams where you have a few extra yards that you can give up because the kicker doesn't have the range. With these guys, you know he's going to hit the plus 50s pretty consistently. And then Devin Duvernay, the rookie, is having a good year returning the ball. Pretty much just as good as Wilson as far as percentages this year. But I'll take our guy. So what would I do? How would I approach this game if I was the Bengals coaching staff? I know it's going to sound cliche, but first off, let's get the ball first. If we win the toss, do not defer. Let's take the ball, have a really, really long drive, and that brings me to the main point is time of possession. Again, you hear that all the time in the NFL, but in this game, let's keep the ball out of Lamar's hand as much as we can. And Joe Burrow's known for that. You know, we've had countless 10-plus play drives this season. 
So let's bang out a couple of those this game. And then, as I mentioned earlier, as far as the receivers go, this is a Boyd game. He's hot right now. I think they're a little more vulnerable in the middle of the field than they are on the outside. And Sample, too. You know, he has proven a knack to get open. So this may be a game where you see him in the red zone help us out with a T. And Mike Thomas, you know, he plays outside. He also plays slot. But I think this might be a game for him, too, because they're going to be all over Green and Higgins. So the supporting cast is going to have a really good chance to step up. Get Mixon and Bernard the ball in space. That's another key. You don't don't expose Burrow to having to sit back in a seven-step drop and get pounded. Let's try to ditch that ball out to one of those guys moving in motion where they have a little open space in the flat. Boom, take it downfield. They're both capable. And don't be afraid of a four-down offense against the Ravens. They're a superior team. You're playing on the road. I know it's a double-edged sword because there's a point where if you go for it on fourth in their stadium and you're losing and you don't get it, it's a huge momentum swing. But we've proven to be very successful in fourth-down situations, and I think we're going to have to take those gambles in this game. And then lastly, a scoring battle. Let's show that we can score on anyone, even the Ravens. Let's put up 30 on the Ravens like we've been putting up on everybody else. There's no reason why we can't. And having a scoring battle will protect the defense too as well, so they won't have as small a margin of error if they know our offense is scoring every time we go down. A little less pressure. Sometimes it's like, wow, we held them to a field goal in a back-and-forth game. That could even be a win. So those are the keys on what I would do for offense. On defense, all right, check it out. I have the idea. I know it's going to sound out of the box. I don't know if anyone's thought of this before. If you think of defensively with Lamar Jackson, I really feel that you have to have a spy for him on every play. And what do most teams do? They, they usually get a linebacker in there to spy on the quarterback, sometimes a safety. Think about our roster right now. And what guy on the roster has the quickest, best moves? I mean, Geo is quick. We know that. He's shifty. There's some other guys that have great speed and change of direction. But think about it. What if we put in Brandon Wilson as a 24-7 spy on Lamar Jackson? I don't know if I'm crazy. I'm not a coach. You know, I don't know the X's and O's like, like my boy Sands who's on the show. But it seems like that's the one guy who who does what Lamar Jackson does in open space. Why not have him be the spy? And he's a safety. He's a hitter. He's tough. You know, he's a little heavier than a corner. So that might be a good fit. So just remember, you you guys heard that here first. I don't think they're going to do it, but I think it's a good idea unless I'm just crazy. Who knows? And then another key to this game is maintaining contain. If we can stop Lamar Jackson from bouncing it to the outside and ripping up field for 20, 30 yards, that'll help us in this game. So maintain that containment and sell out to stop the run. Just like the Eagle game, not an elite receiving core. I mean, you know, if Brown's healthy, he's good. Sneed is reliable. Uh, They have Boykin. You know, they have threats, but I'd say you go man-to-man. You let Will Jack and Darius Phillips do their thing on the outside, and we, we sell out a little bit to stop the run because the Ravens will start running on you. And as we've talked about before, if a team runs on you and you can't stop them, there's no worse feeling on a football field. And then for special teams, not really many notes here. It's going to be a great battle. They're two great special teams unit. Brandon Wilson's not going to get a shot at any returns this game. Tucker's going to put the ball in the front row of the of the stands on every kick. So that's one of our weapons that is going to be taken away. But that's how the game's played. Prediction for the game. Let's just believe that the momentum is going to keep rolling. And Burrow's going to keep being Joe Burrow. The protection is going to be surprisingly good. We're going to get the ball everywhere and anywhere. 
We're going to be clever. The defense is going to make a couple stops, a couple surprise plays on Lamar Jackson. 31-30, Bengals. Hey, the Ravens got six scoring drives, we'll say. Three touchdowns, three big field goals from Tucker. There's their 30. But the Bengals, we only scored five times, but four of them are tees. Three by Burrow. And then throw in a field goal on top just to win the game. The unofficial Bengals podcast would like to welcome Schefter Jr. All right, we're here with Dave from the Instagram page at Schefter Jr. And that's exactly what this guy is. I mean, he's broken so much news to me in the past. And then when I found out that he was a Ravens fan, I was like, I got to get this guy on to talk about the Ravens. So with that said, Dave, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. I'm really appreciative to be on here. First time ever being on any kind of podcast, and I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, man, it's going to be the first of many, I feel, for you. So let's get right down to business. Why are the Ravens going to beat the Bengals on Sunday? Well, as much as I'd love to say that it's going to be cut and dry, as simple as that, what I've learned in our division in the AFC North is that no game between any of the teams, no matter how good, you know, a team could be 10-0 versus a team that's 0-10. Each of our divisional games are always very interesting. And um, one takeaway I had from the last time the Bengals beat the Ravens, I want to say it was the 2018 season early on. Um, A.J. Green went absolutely off. There was some mistakes on the defensive end where we had our nickel corner manned up on A.J. Green, of all people, about a seven- or eight-inch height difference, and he just torched him. I believe he had three touchdowns just in the first half. The right personnel matchups, you know, we have – two corners coming off of all postseasons and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, as long as we have one of those guys on A.J. Green, I'll feel comfortable. But what I've noticed this year is that he hasn't quite been on track, not really in sync with Joe Burrow. He has 33 targets across four games, which, you know, usually prime A.J. Green, you'd see 33 catches at least across four games. But he has 33 targets, only 14 receptions for just 129 yards and hasn't scored a single touchdown just yet. So I want that to carry on to this game. I don't want him to get going with Joe Burrow because I know that when Burrow gets hot, it's it, it can be trouble for everybody. And looking at the running game, this past Sunday against the Jaguars was Joe Mixon's first game with having 20-plus carries, also his first game with a rushing touchdown. This uh, translated to a win. Each game he's had 17, 19 carries. And as, as a whole, the Bengals haven't been running the ball a whole lot. This actually against the Jaguars was their first game rushing the ball 30-plus times. I think Zach Taylor, he's looking at it. He's like, okay, I, I need to put the ball in Joe Mixon's hands more. I think this past game where he had a, a, a buck 53 rushing yards, two touchdowns, he's looking at that. That can put some of the pressure away from Joe Burrow so he's not throwing the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game because really with your rookie quarterback, you don't want him throwing the ball a ton because that can lead to mistakes and then he might, and his confidence might just absolutely drop. What I want is for Joe Burrow to throw the ball 30, um, sorry, 60 times a game like he did. I believe it was against the Eagles he played, sorry, the Browns he played, threw the ball 61 total times. Now, of course, he still threw 316 and he threw three touchdowns, but I want him to throw the ball that many times against the Ravens because this would probably be his toughest test as far as defense goes. Um, Ravens are very good at taking the ball, getting it in the air, or even just forcing fumbles. This year, so far, the Ravens have a, four, a first fumble that was recovered in each game. The Ravens also have nine sacks over four games. It doesn't sound that great, but there was zero sacks against Kansas City, and we know 
how good their offensive line is. We know how good Mahomes is at getting the ball out of his hands. So, but every QB in the NFL isn't Mahomes, so that's not going to happen too many times. But I believe the Ravens, if they get proper pressure on Joe Burrow, they can force him to throw the ball multiple times, whether he's just throwing it out of bounds and it leads to a punt or if he's trying to force it into coverage and it gets tipped and picked or even if he hangs in the pocket a little bit too long, the ball gets swiped away or he just goes down, drives over. But looking at the Ravens, I noticed that against the Chiefs and against the Washington football team, they didn't have a tough time stopping the run, but they did struggle with screen passes. So I think if um, the Bengals paid enough attention to either of those games, that could hurt us quite a bit. Deep passes, I'm not all that worried about. I mean, of course, I know John Ross can run, but I've seen more um, targets and receptions to Tyler Boyd than I have seen to uh, Green or to John Ross. So really, I'm not too worried about Ravens' offense. I do, however, not want to see Lamar Jackson throw the ball over 30 times in the game. Uh, it's not that I don't have faith in his arm, but I know that the strength of our offense is certainly the rushing, the, the running game. We have three running backs that could easily be starters on most teams, and I want to see the Ravens run the ball 30 times this game. I want to tire that defense out because in the first the first quarter, second quarter, you can run Ingram, you can run Dobbins, get him tired, but then also have a third running back in Gus Edwards who at a time was um, – stepped in as a starter in relief of Alex Collins, who went down with a season-ending injury. And he just, I, I could just see the teams getting more and more tired the more he ran the ball. So that kind of game plan that I, I hope, I hope is brought into this game can easily translate into a win for the Ravens. But um, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I didn't think that I was going to see a shootout like I saw with the Bengals and the Browns in week two, but that looked like game of the year. In general, I think this is going to be an interesting game. I love watching divisional matchups in the AFC North. I don't think that there's a division in this league that has more competitive games year in and year out. Dave, excellent analysis of the Ravens. Good good for me to hear that stuff. It gets me educated on what we're going to be facing this week. So um, what's your prediction for the game? Well, uh, I, never, I don't want to sell Joe Burrow short or anyone else on that team. I think it's going to be somewhere around possibly 33 to 20 something i think it's going to be close not too close but I, i'm not expecting a blowout whatsoever i'm expecting great things from both teams in a very interesting game indeed hey how do people find you on social media i find me on my instagram at Schefter jr it's spelled exactly like adam Schefter. excellent work my friend afc north standings the Bengals at 1-2-1 and one are currently in fourth place in the AFC North. We trail the first-place Steelers by two games. The Bengals are currently the 10th seed in the AFC. McLeavy Minute. All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today? I'm very good, Frank. Oh, yeah, after this win, I'm pretty excited. So what are your thoughts on the game against the Jaguars? Um, listen, a win's a win in the NFL. Um, I don't care who the competition is. Jacksonville, they were who they were. We knew what they were capable of. We knew their downfalls. I took away from that win a win for the new guard, meaning Burrow, Mixon, Higgins, Boyd, even Drew Sample. 
Jonah Williams. That's the new guard. They're the ones you have to build upon. The old guard, A.J. Green, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. If you can trade them for a bag of balls, you should because that's the old guard. Uh, Adios. You know, you were here in Cincinnati. You put up, you know, you were competitive in the NFL, but we're going to move on from you. That has to be the mentality after that win. That's what I took away from it. New England doesn't even have guys like that on the roster anymore. When they know they're washed up, they just let them walk. So it was a a very good win. The O-line, hopefully it's going to be like they did last year where Mixon started off slow, but towards the end of the year they came together and Mixon started running the ball well. So hopefully, you know, after week four, they gelled on that. Now the offense is beautiful to watch with Mixon running the ball, Joe Burrow hitting receivers. The defense came up for stops when they needed. Nothing spectacular, but they were able to keep them in the game, and the offense just took off. It was a uh, it was a nice win, and you know hopefully they can build on this. Tom, they scored a lot of points. I'm I'm feeling like that's going to be the case this year. You know the nice thing, Frank, was they came out in the second half, made adjustments, um, and the score would have been more. You know even that Boyd touchdown, uh, you know called back by Hopkins with the, the hold, but you know at least. The offensive linemen are moving, reacting, and they're not standing around. I think the first three weeks they were just like, all right, well, my blocker's not there. I'm, I'm, I'm standing around. I think Sands addressed that on a previous podcast, that at least they're moving their feet and they're protecting Burrow. So, yeah, the uh, offense came out in that second half and they put points up. I got to tell you, Tom, powerful takes on that. I kind of agree with the old guard, new guard philosophy there. I mean, I'm hoping that these veterans of the team can pick it up and and become what they were. But as of right now, I, I kind of hear what you're saying. It feels like a new day in Cincinnati. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game. How are you feeling about this matchup with the Ravens that's coming up on Sunday? Uh, big. Um, this is one of those games where... You know, it's a measuring stick to see how good your team is. They have a history of playing Baltimore very well. Now with uh, Burrow, if they can keep him upright again, I think they can really make this a game. You know, the uh, the key is keeping Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Um, that's why, you know, I look at Lamar Jackson as sort of like uh, Andy Dalton not in the same athletic ability, but the fact that he can win regular season games, but is he really a playoff quarterback? That's the that's the question. So, um, you know, he's going to get some runs off. The key is to make him throw the ball. If they can do that, um, I think this will be a, a fourth quarter game. 
Tom, please let this be true. Let let us go into that fourth quarter with a chance to beat those guys. I mean, this could really turn our season around. Last game was a good building block, but a win against the Ravens to go to 500 could be monumental for this young squad. It really can, Frank. You know, it's no coincidence that maybe the fourth week last week was sort of like after exhibition season, that's week one or two. So, you know, this team, like every other team in the NFL, had no preseason. So, you know, maybe seeing now in week five how they really gel and get the running game going and with uh, accurate pass over Burrow, I think it's really smart to say that, yes, if we can get into that fourth quarter, we can win this. Tom, give me a score on the game. What do you, what do you think? In a, in a per, not even in a perfect world, but what, what's your prediction on what the game is going to end up? 28-24, Cincinnati. Being a homer, I'm going to say Cincinnati, but I just feel this team turned the corner with that win last week. And Tom, but, honestly, you're you're a tough critic on the team. When they're performing, you're you're going to say it. When they're not performing, you're going to say it. To hear you say that they've turned the corner, I think that's big. I I I really do feel that way, Frank. And uh, you know, we were seeing it sort of in the first three weeks that you know they were in the game, and a break here or there that could have changed. So. We'll see how that win last week helps the team's confidence going into Baltimore. So, uh, yeah, I'm confident going in this week. Tom, great talking to you, my friend. You too, Frankie. X's and O's with Sands. All right, we're here with Sands. Sands, how are you today? I'm doing great. All right, man. So what are your thoughts on this past game, the, the victory for the Bengals? It was great to get our first win. Joe Burrow played fantastic again. Um, just a few, like a few things, just a, a little bit of ball placement. Not perfect, but pretty much perfect, man. I mean, the things I can think of are like that throw to Drew Sample that hit him in the head. He should have caught it mostly, but I guess you can argue that he should have put it further out so that that wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have to turn around, but... That's mostly not him. And the deep throw that A.J. Green off of the broken play, it went a little bit outside, but that's a really tough throw. And I kind of think that old A.J. would have got it. But he played eight, even though he didn't get the big touchdown numbers. Joe Mixon had a fantastic game. It was interesting as we didn't really change too much up, run blocking-wise. His two touchdowns came on uh, two different inside zone plays. One, he bounced outside, and one linebacker hit in the middle and Redmond actually got a seal which is something that wasn't done earlier by our right guards so yeah it wasn't too much scheme wise that changed for him to have this game it was uh, probably a little bit of the lesser opponent we've played some very good defensive lines and then a little bit better right guard play and he also ran really well he found the holes he hit them hard made people miss we used him a lot in the passing game too we didn't use Geo as much as normal, and that could be because the game was close. We weren't trailing, but for wide receivers, Tyler Boyd had a fantastic game. He's on a tear these last two games. 
The offensive line-wise, Jonah Williams is still rock solid in pass protection. The only even bad game, not even bad, but decent, only average game he had was week one against Bosa and Ingram. I don't think he lost a single rep this last game. And Josh Allen's a good player, and Chason was a first or a second-round pick. They're not too lacking, but it wasn't as hard as Miles Garrett or Joey Bosa. On defense, I thought Anarumo called a great game. We had... Uh, a few interesting plays there. As well as our normal, we run a lot of cover three and cover one. Those are our two main coverages. But he had a few disguised blitz looks. Uh, the interception that Bates tipped and Evans got, that came off, uh, we came out looking like we were in a cover one man free, which would be just the one safety deep and everything else is man. And then we have one extra rusher. We came out looking like that with uh, Von Bell lined up over, I think it's Eifert was the tight end at that point. And then uh, Bell blitzes off the side, and Bates comes from his deep safety position, plays man coverage, sprints up, and swaps the ball into the air for the interception, which a great job by Jordan Evans. That was a great disguise pressure look. Looked like we're playing one of our most played coverages, and then to come into a blitz, and Bates has been insane he's playing like he's going he's playing like a top five maybe even better safety in the league he's playing for that big payday uh since that's coming up not i mean if he's playing like this i hope we give it to him because he's been fantastic deep coverage he's very rangy he knocked that ball out of eifert's hands on that deep throw he did that from the middle third he was again just playing deep middle and the throw goes up, and he has the speed and range and read it enough to be able to take the angle and knock the ball out of Eifert's hands. And uh, I can't blame the cornerbacks too much for uh, DJ Chark. That guy's a very good rising receiver. I mean, he was catching things back shoulder. He got great route running, good contested catches. He's somebody to look out for over the next few years. I think he's going to be a star. Our cornerbacks played good coverage a lot of times. He just made the catch. And uh, I really wish our pass rush would get going other than Carl Lawson because it seemed like Minshew most of the time had a clean pocket to throw from. And the Jaguars' O-line is decent, but it's not it's not good enough that that should be happening. Wow, pretty strong analysis on that game. I agree with all those points. Um, what do you think about the upcoming game against the Ravens? Obviously, Baltimore is one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Scheme-wise, on offense, they're going to run a lot of motion before the snap to try to move our linebackers. And then, obviously, I think a lot of us know they run that read option play between Lamar and anybody out there, Ingram, Dobbins. They're all good running backs that he's going to fake to or hand it off to and read our defensive ends. And it's going to make... Lamar himself and that is going to make our pass rush even worse than normal because we can't come at him as hard as we can somebody like Gardner Minshew. Because if you get around whoever they have at left tackle, I think Stanley might be hurt, which would be great for us because he's a top five left tackle in my opinion. So if Lawson beats their left tackle inside, he can easily just go right outside and he's gone. He's so fast, elusive, quick, has great balance. And it's something that you... You have to either he plays well from the pocket too, so you have to get pressure, but he also if you get pressure and you're not and you're just coming in real hot, he's gonna be able to escape and make a play. 
they don't really have too many receiving threats. Marquise Brown is somebody who can stretch the field, and Mark Andrews is a great tight end. We'll see what they do coverage-wise, uh, what we do coverage-wise, but it'll be interesting. Lamar is obviously a home run threat every play. It's it's terrifying playing against Lamar. He's He's a great playmaker. On defense, they're going to run a lot of cover zero and blitz, which is really just a blitz and man. They're going to run a lot of blitzes, and they're going to simulate pressure too, which is um, on cover zero, there's nobody back. It's just man coverage across the board, and everybody else is coming at the quarterback. And they're going to do that a lot, especially since Burrow's a rookie. They're going to want to they're going to want to get him hit. They're going to want to get him rattled. They're going to want to try to bring exotic looks at him that he hasn't seen in college. Then the simulated pressure is just going to mess with them as well. They're going to bring seven guys or so at the line, and you don't know who's coming. They have guys like Matthew Judon who are fantastic pass rushers, and then they're also good coverage guys. So he can come and he can stay back, and he's he's a plus player at both of those spots. They have rookie linebackers, which is something we could take advantage of, but they have some of the best cornerbacks in the league, just like uh, the Chargers do. Peters as a number two is fantastic. He loves reading the quarterback, playing off-man coverage and jumping things. He did that to us last year with Finley trying to throw that out route. He jumped it for a pick six. And Humphrey, Humphrey loves being in the slot, and that's our best wide receiver right now is Tyler Boyd, so that'll be a battle. Humphrey got the better of him last year, it seemed, but hopefully we can get a few wins there. Because other than that, I mean, that's going to be tough. They did lose Earl Thomas deep, and... uh their replacement hasn't been that good. But, yeah, they're going to play a lot. They're going to blitz a lot. They're going to play a lot of man coverage, and they've got the guys to do it. It's going to be a tough game on both sides for us. But there's a chance we could win it. We can get we can get a mix and go in a little bit. I don't think their run defense has been spectacular this year. Their offensive line isn't as good as last year either since they lost Yonda. So if Gino and Daniels are healthy, we might be able to get some interior pressure, which would be great. All right, Sans, so what do you think the score is going to be in this game? I know we're coming off the win, but I I don't think we can go into Baltimore and win. I'll probably make it 31-27. I think we keep it closer than Vegas thinks we do. Vegas has like a 13-point underdog, which, I mean, Baltimore's a very good team, so that could happen, but I think we keep it closer than that. Zach Taylor saw them twice last year, and they're not running anything different this year. Hopefully he has something planned up, and Anarumo can get the defense playing at a high level. But I'm not expecting a win, but I would be thrilled with one. Oh, without a doubt. I'm going in there thinking it's going to be a tough game, but anything can happen. So, Sans, how do people find you on social media? I'm Bengals underscore Sans on Twitter, and now also Bengals underscore Sans on Instagram. All right, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you later. Handicapper's Corner. The unofficial Bengals podcast's current record is six wins, six losses, 50%. If you want to make a profit gambling, they say that you should be at the 52.4% mark. Here are my three picks for this week. Cardinals minus seven at Jets. The Rams minus 7 at Washington, and Seattle at home minus 7 against the Vikings. Those are the three games that I'm going to be betting this week. Whatever games you decide to bet on, I wish you good luck. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be completely dedicated to the Bengals-Ravens game. 
I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool music, really cool highlights, definitely something that you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the ZD Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at ZD Network on Instagram and Twitter. They have a full roster of shows. They keep adding new shows. Definitely quality entertainment and great guys as well. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.